Welcome to another edition of the Social Spotlight on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I am your host for these interviews. And just a reminder, what we do here on the Social Spotlight is I go talk to a NASCAR driver and it's an unscripted uh, 10 to 15 minute interview. We just sort of riff off social media. I get their thoughts on how they use it, what interests them about it, what they don't like about it. And I use that as an excuse today to talk to Spencer Gallagher, who has quickly become one of my favorite interviews in NASCAR. I think the guy's absolutely hilarious. Even Dale Jr. in the 12 question, in the question about drivers or entertainers, he named Spencer Gallagher first because clearly Spencer Gallagher is entertaining. And uh, so I wanted to get his thoughts on social media. He's not a huge user of it. He tweets a lot, but his Instagram account is private. His Snapchat's private. And so I just wanted to get his thoughts on why that is and how he chooses spots on Twitter. But I was basically looking for an excuse to pick his brain a little bit more because I just think he's a very, very interesting guy. I first uh, sort of heard about him through the Twitter account NASFAX. And if you're not uh, following NASFAX, you really should. He's one of the funniest Twitter accounts there is in all of NASCAR. He pretends to be dumb and tweets dumb facts that don't make sense about NASCAR, essentially. Uh, anyway, he often has a running joke um, on his account that he'll he'll t- completely botch Spencer Gallagher's name and he'll call him like Sprinkler Gallbladder or something like that. But um, so I started really getting on my radar because of that and I thought it was pretty funny. And um, I, I heard Spencer Gallagher in an interview in 2014 after he... Uh, I think he finished top five, maybe second or third in a trucks race at Talladega, came into the media center, and I was like kind of not really paying attention. I was just there, sort of like when people come in the media center sometimes that you don't want to talk to, you sort of look at your computer screen so you don't feel bad about not asking them questions because you're like, I don't know what to ask this guy. So that was one of those things, but Spencer sort of like captured the whole attention of the media room because He's just so funny. He has such an uh, interesting personality that's that's so unique. So I, I was like, I'm going to follow this guy on Twitter. And it's uh, it's been interesting to see ever since some of the stuff that comes out of his mind. So this is a little bit of an insight into his mind uh, when it comes to social media. And I hope that you'll enjoy the interview. All right. We're here with Spencer Gallagher. And Spencer, of course, I look for any excuse to talk to you lately because I just enjoy hearing whatever has come out of your mouth. But uh, this is about social media and your social media usage. Um, One thing I'm wondering is it seems like you tweet and you choose your spots. You don't overdo it. You only, sometimes you only tweet every few days, but you try to unleash a gem. Is that your basic Twitter strategy? I'm all about uh, quality over quantity. You know, Twitter's full of enough noise as it is. So I try not to add too much to that. Um, I think, uh, you know, if I've got something valuable to say, I'll, I'll say it. But I just try not to let people know what my, my breakfast was every single morning. I find most people find that boring. So I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that uh, that tries to focus on, you know, having a real thought. When I have something to contribute to the conversation, that's that's when I'll speak up. So are you not on Twitter all the time? Or are you just looking at it and you're like, nah, I'm just not going to chime in on this? 
Um, I check somewhat sporadically, but I will say I've gotten uh, I've gotten more frequent with with its updates. It really is my source on NASCAR news, so I get on there and I check it. But you know, not everyone needs uh, <laughs> opinions are kind of like elbows. Everyone has them, and they're all really awkward. So. Um, <laughs> You liked that that was a good modification, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you really saved that there. I, I mean, it's... Else that, didn't you? We could have... I mean, I could have bleeped it out if you needed yeah, me that's to. okay. That's actually a good idea. What the hell am I saying? You run your own uh, independent site. You can do whatever you want right now, right? Uh, but no, I try to, to check often. But, you know, when I, whenever I feel like my opinion is going to be valuable on a subject or that I can contribute some insight, that's that's when I try to chime in. I don't I don't need to tell everyone what's on my mind at all times because usually it's as much nonsense as the rest of them. Now, Spencer, what what type of reaction do you typically get from your Twitter followers and how do you interact with them? Um, You know, like, do you do you read all your replies? Do you favorite things, stuff like that? I do. I try to go through every single one of my replies and uh, and, and, you know, give give back to the fans. That's what that's the real strength of Twitter. That is why I like it a lot as a platform. I'll say that is it lets you have a very direct connection to the f- people that are putting their butts in seats to go watch you race around on a Saturday. So that's that's something I like to do. Now it's trust me, um everyone everyone loves seeing that that notification come up. That's that's that little hit of dopamine in the arm whenever you see that that uh, notification come on that someone's um touched one of your tweets in some way and it's it's really cool. That's that's why I like it. It lets you uh it lets you talk to the fans in a very direct way. I think that's a really cool thing. I like uh, that's a very good analogy that you know, you get that little notification. You're like, "Ooh, somebody wrote back." It is, man. I think honestly, that's why I kind of try to limit my social media usage a little bit because I see people getting in, sucked into that whole lot, and I think it can be a very addicting process. And that's uh, that's <laughs> that's a little piece of noise that sometimes I try to keep out of my life a little bit. But you know, it's it's a very valuable thing, and you got to have it. But that, no lie, that's whenever you you get that little notification, whenever that little red circle comes up, it's like, "Ooh, piece of candy. What have I got now?" So how do you deal with the negative side of that as far as people who, I don't know, do, do you have haters? Do people take shots at you sometimes? And how do you deal with it? Oh, God, yeah. It's Listen, if you're going to be in the public eye, there's going to be someone out there that doesn't like what you're doing. But I'll be honest, my way of dealing with it, I remind myself tomorrow I'm going to wake up and drive a race car, and they're not. So I, I try. That's, that's how I avoid getting too mad about it. And if if you get mad on the internet, you lose. So I've I've developed a couple strategies for for being very zen about my interactions. Everyone's always going to have an opinion, and not everyone's going to like you, and that's life. But at the end of the day, I still get to do what I love. So how much am I going to let their opinion affect me? None. So do you ever um, go with the block button if somebody's getting extremely out of control? Honestly, no, because most times I I make it an exercise to find the entertainment in someone like that. It's that's my way of helping myself stay zen. Is I I don't try if it's getting really out of hand, then yeah, to hell with you. I don't need to hear from you anymore. But honestly, most times I get a laugh out of it. How about mute? Do you ever mute people, especially people that you might follow, but you don't want to offend them by unfollowing them? You know what I mean? Um, I think if the mute function had been around when I was following Kenny Wallace, it might have. Uh, it might have gone on to him, but no, honestly, if, if I don't have time or if I don't have the inclination to, to see what you have to say, I don't, I don't need to follow you. I don't care about hurting feelings that way. So let's talk about other platforms because I tried to look around a little bit and do you not have an Instagram at all? Uh, I keep that one pretty private. See, it's, I like to, uh, I like to keep a couple platforms just for friends and family. You know, I think that helps you create more meaningful moments, um, and, and more intimate conversations with the people around you. Um, but I, you know, I, I do get to, uh, 
you know, I post some public stuff to Instagram every here and there, but that's, that's something I try to keep, you know, between my friends and family, my close circle. And do you treat Facebook, your, uh, your Facebook account the same way? Uh, I, yeah, I got an alternate Facebook account. I post, um, sometimes to the, uh, the public one, but you know, it's, it's Facebook is the, uh, the social media platform of record, if you will. So that's, that's somewhere where I like to be at home in my loafers, not out in the public eye, you know, so to speak. And, uh, I get that not everyone likes that. People people love overexposure, but that's that's something that I really do try to avoid in my life. Um, I, I like to keep my per- public things public and my private things private. But you know, it's don't don't get me wrong. It's a great platform for communicating with your fans. But I think a lot of drivers do that just because, honestly, dude, you don't know how many like random requests and frankly creepy things get get sent over Facebook. Um, I think a lot of drivers keep uh, alternate private profiles, whether they're willing to admit it or not. You mean because like on Facebook, even if you're not friends with somebody, they can sort of slide into your DMs, essentially. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like they can that you somebody yeah. can send you a message and you're and it pops up and you might not look at it every day, but you look at it eventually. And you're like, yeah. whoa, yeah. who the hell are you? Um, no, it's uh, Facebook can be a, a real deluge of uh, people. <coughs> trying to get in contact with you and uh you know some of the a, a lot of it you need to re- reply back to just because it's it's a fan legitimately and earnestly reaching out um for some communication and a lot of times all they want's a card so i try to get that sent out whenever possible um you know some people are a little more obsessive and that is when they they go in the uh the trash bin but hey that's that's the nature of uh it's the nature of what we do you know you're a public figure you're gonna get that kind of exposure where does snapchat fit into all this for you um, Snapchat is, is friends and family right now. I've considered making it public. I've gone back and forth on it. Um, I really am more of a passive Snapchat user. I just love seeing what my friends are doing at, at any given time. And, uh, I do love recording some moments down and, and sending it out. But as a person, I'm a very like in the moment kind of guy. I go to a concert. I see all these people holding their phones up recording. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You, you, you're you're missing the whole show because you're looking at a screen. As much as a nerd I am, I really am kind of a technophobe, and it's it's weird. I know that's a contradiction, but I'm someone that believes that this is a short life, and we, our, our number of experiences in it are limited. So I try not to experience it through a screen when possible. You know. So essentially, I'm making up terms here, but you're a soaker, and that you want to soak everything up instead of a sharer, where you think I want to show this through my phone and share with everybody that's going on, you know? Yeah. And you know, I don't want to pass value judgments, but I, I see a lot of people getting sucked into their screens and I just try to be present in the moment, man. That's, that's just me. Do you think, you know, it seems, it seems like, um, I don't, I don't want to say the supply and demand of Spencer Gallagher, but essentially like if you keep parts of yourself off limit, does it create more interest in you that you're not just completely out there and everybody's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Like you're, you're not, completely exposing every every part of your life i think it certainly could when uh when when you never shut up about yourself on social media eventually get people get tired you, you kind of said it right you know it's it's supply and demand when you when you oversaturate people with information from yourself you can you can turn them off and that's why i try to keep my postings and things to thing i think are valuable or insightful because when i speak i want my voice to be one of um you know some something that provides clarity something that provides a laugh or entertainment and it's easy to ruin that by sharing too much it's easy to ruin that by by oversaturating the people that are listening now as you've moved up to xfinity series this year and you did um double duty the first week and things like that you're i feel like you're getting more tv exposure and things like that 
are you uh, seeing an, a rise in your replies or more people talking about you or trying to interact with you? Definitely. Um, it was actually the other week. I forget what it was, but uh, I was on Twitter. I posted something, and it instantly got like 10 retweets, and I said, oh, my gosh. Why would you look at that? I actually have a little following. That's nice. And it's, it's you know, some, it's one of those humbling things that comes along with, with rising up in the ranks that people really are looking and listening to what you're saying, which is, again, for me, another reason to make sure that, that what I say is valuable. Now, how much do you get in trouble, if ever, for your tweets? Is it you ever get slapped on the hand like, Spencer, you shouldn't have tweeted that, whether by your family or PR-type people? Because I'll give you an example. My mom uh, doesn't like it when I retweet or I, I tweet driver's curse words from the radio. She thinks that's that's in, in poor form. So um, even though 93% of my Twitter followers said they wanted curse words, mom, but you want curse words? So do you, ever, do you ever get in trouble yourself? I have to say, I've been I've been lucky enough that recently um, I haven't been slapped on the hand for any of my social media escapades. There was a time, though, I was, uh, dare say, a, a little more adventurous. I think certain people will recall in the room uh, a, a certain incident involving me saying something about Tony Stewart covered in chocolate sauce wearing a banana hammock or something. But... Uh, <laughs> But no, I've uh, I've kind of learned where the uh, where the line is and isn't. And you know what? If I think there's there's some fun to be had on the other side of it, I ain't scared of it. But yeah, you know, that's that's what, again one of those things you say for few and far between. So what would it take to get you to do um, some public Snapchatting? What what would have to happen development wise to take you to that stage? Actually, I have to say I feel a little guilty about not using my Snapchat more publicly because I've got a pair of the spectacles that were gifted to me. Oh my God, what I a know, waste! I know. Hate me, hate me. I don't blame you. But um, I, I really need to start incorporating those more because it's just one of those things. I leave them on my desk and I forget about it, but they're so cool when I use them. I really need to do uh, start getting more out. And, and Snapchat's a great platform for that, honestly. They're, uh, they're cool. That's, that's really what the point of it is, cool little disposable snippets of life that you can share. So uh, you're right. You know, guilt, guilt me into it, everybody. I need the encouragement. Now, last thing, Spencer. I feel like um, you, you're somewhat of an old soul, but essentially you're still a millennial. And they say that millennials are down on Twitter and that in the future, that less of less, less and less of them are using it. You know, maybe it won't last. It'll go the way of MySpace. Do you think that there's a future for Twitter still? And what do you think the future looks like for social media overall? Uh, I guess I am an old soul, apparently. I'd rather enjoy Twitter. Um, you know, I, I find it a, an informative, instant platform. It's, you know, it's it's a great platform for, for news, for public conversations, for people to... Uh, you know, air their thoughts out in a, in a very public way. Um, I like the openness that it that it has. You know, I hope it's got a future. And, you know, apparently, uh, apparently, you know, the uh, the Silicon Valley class team seems to disagree a little bit. But you know, I'll hope against hope that it keeps going on. I think, uh, as far as the future is concerned, what do you think? Snapchat's going kind of getting on strong, but man, Instagram's trying to steal their thunder real hard. It's it's becoming uh, more and more difficult to deal with the juggernaut that is Facebook, if you will. Um, but you know, I, I think you're going to see a continued evolution towards um, more integrated messaging. I think there was there was a grand experiment in in network design that really Twitter sort of found out where everybody wants things public, right? And I sort of see, uh, to me, a little bit of a reversal of that trend. People are trying to bring it in, make it more private circles, more uh, more intimate content. And I think that's that's kind of what Snapchat's bringing along, um, and and Instagram to a certain extent. Well, I, I lied. I do have one more question for you. The twenty-three speed racer name. 
when you first came up with that, did somebody already have your name or you're just like, that's so cool. I got to use that as my name. Yeah. Apparently there's a Spencer Gallagher that's, uh, that's in the technology industry over in the UK and I've, I never have contacted him. I really should. We should have a Spencer Gallagher meetup. But, uh, once I saw that wasn't available, you know, I've always kind of liked the speed racer moniker. It, it, it speaks to me a little bit. Um, just my, my career and, and how I've come to be here. So I, I took it and ran with the 23 speed racer. It's, uh, you know, I think it's distinctive. It's as good as any name. So use it. So there you have it. Thank you so much to Spencer Gallagher for the insight and the humor as well. Um, I always enjoyed talking to him. And of course there'll be a 12 questions with him later this year, because I'm certainly not going to pass up that opportunity. I want to give some thank yous. And those include this week, Tim Mikulski. Amanda Meyer, Leanne Cottrell, the user A Checkered Flag on Twitter. She wants to go by her um, Twitter name instead of her real name. That's fine. Uh, Chris Chesnick and Tony Hobson. So thank you all for being patrons of JeffGluck.com. I appreciate it. Still no hats for sale, but uh, I did get some hats in the mail sent to me today. So <laughs> I guess we're getting closer <laughs> to... Um, uh, hats eventually being distributed because the hats seem to be coming out of nowhere now. Anyway, um, next podcast will be post Fontana. So listen for that Sunday night until then talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. <laughs>